Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What did you just see out the window? I just saw the cutest little boy being walking by, being walken, being walkened, being walken, being walkened by, <laughs> being walked by his um, granny. We're about to start recording, and you just look out the window and go, "Oh!" <laughs> he was just so small, and he's wearing like tiny little man's clothes. Oh. I just can't when they dress them in like oh, I know. grown up clothes. I know, and I know. They're little, I'm just like. It's what? so cute. I can't Fuck. wait to it dress be a illegal. kid. How cute! <laughs> hey, babe. Fuck knows what your children are going to be dressing. Good My God, children babe. are going to be dressed in whatever they to the nines. Whimsy. <laughs> mm. I feel like mine would too. They if they were like, "Do you want fairy wings?" If they were like, "I want to wear fairy wings today," I'd be like, "Sounds great." Do it. Yeah, I mean that's how I dressed when I was little at my school. You could wear whatever you wanted, and kids would literally wear fairy wings. <laughs> so here I am in my cottagery. Here you are in your bedroomery. Oh yes, your cottage, your cottagery in the countryside. How's it going? <laughs> so good. I don't want to leave Lucy. I'm meant to leave tomorrow, and I'm just like. I can't. Well, you'll be back. You just have to. You just have to nip into the city for a little event, and then you'll be back. Yeah, I'm gonna see if this lady will let me live in her cottage for a while. <laughs> <laughs> the renter that won't leave. It's like, hey, I saw that you booked at the weekend, but after that, you're not booked. So I was wondering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you should stay. Um, I on. think she'll say yes. I love it. I'm in my element. I'm looking out the window right now at like higgledy-piggledy roofs and old shop signs on buildings that are now houses and gorgeous little tiny men being walked by their granny down the road. Love it. Heaven. Heaven. You've been enjoying cups. Sucks for you. (laughs) Yeah. You've been enjoying cups of tea and good meals. So much. All I've been doing is Having a nice fire, drinking tea, drinking wine, going for walks. Um, wow, it's been heavenly. Have you been journaling? Every day, you know. Yeah. We got some new ink yesterday, which was thrilling. Ooh. I love buying new ink for my fountain pen. Oh, and such I started a, great a new feeling. journal. The dog ate this one and I got red wine on it. So and it's finished, so now I'm moving on to this pink one, which I'm I love starting a new journal. Because I, I get too. to write the month. Oh. And I've realized that I like to go maybe one to two months at a time. Oh. Yeah. When I do a big journal I start to get overwhelmed. It is so exciting to get a new journal. Here is mine that I picked out for this year. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's thick, isn't it? It's thick. Yeah, it's a big one. And for those of you who can't see, it's got like a big tree with just magical beings underneath it. And it's kind of... It's like a magical tree. Floating in space. 
uh, with swirling colors all around it. Yeah, I usually pick them for the year. And this last year, my journal finished to the day that I bought the new one. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. But that's interesting to do a a month or so at a time. I never thought about that. Yeah, I, I noticed psychologically when I was having a bad month and the journal kept going on afterwards, there was like a feeling of closure from if I would have a bad month and the journal ended and I started a new one. Wow. Like psychologically, it was good for me to be like, okay, that month's over and I'm getting a new journal now and starting again. It's that kind of like sense. a, yeah, action which meets the emotion. And then also, I love buying journals. Yeah. So <laughs> That's really what it's about is just being able to buy new ones. I agree. New journals, new pens, new ink. It's all mm-hmm. so exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a fresh start every month. I'm like, okay. A big that deal. The my, my calendar book is a big, big deal to me. And I just bought my new one for the new year. That was very exciting. Last Great. year I had black. And this year I went with blue with gold sparkles. Love it. Yeah. Like a starry night. Does anyone else have this addiction to office supply stores the way Annabelle and I do? Because that's like crack to me. You get me a gift card to Office Depot. It really is. <laughs> wow, yeah. Just if, if anyone out there wants to woo Lucy Walsh. Office Depot. Um, office supplies. I like to, I'm very specific about the journals as well. It has to be Italian made. It has to be Italian paper. Really? Why? Because they just make it differently. It's just such lovely paper. The ink absorbs into it nicely. It feels good. It's never like white. It's always off-white. Yeah, the off-white um, makes just a difference. Really, it's just really high quality paper. Ooh, let's see where my journal is made. Let's see. Probably made in China. <laughs> Mine, yep, printed in China. You there know, you go. It's an ancient culture. I'm sure they're great at making paper at this point. Yeah, it's pretty good so far. Wow, I'm already three quarters of the way through. Jesus Christ. Anyway. It's going to be used up. It's going to be used up. That was a thrilling, thrilling introduction to the pod. You're all very welcome. Thrilling. You are welcome. Um, Let's hear from everyone. Maybe we could ask them this week, like, what kind of journals they use or if they do journal. I don't think we've ever asked anybody that of our listeners. we 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 promote journaling. But we haven't we asked do. if they journal. Okay. Should we do... Wait, do we do... No- don't oh, even ask me this. Don't this. you dare ask me this. Just take it away. Just take it away. Whatever it is, take it away. <laughs> it's not world news. It's not important news. It's... It's Lucy and Annabelle Lucy and Annabelle <laughs> What do you got for us today, Annabelle <laughs> Chrysanthemum Jones? <laughs> Changing my name, actually, now that you've just said that again, I actually feel very attached to it, and I'm changing my name. That's what you um, are to me. The news I've got today is, you know, it's kind of just everyone's news. <laughs> the people's news. Um <laughs> This is actually, this is actually, for once, world news. I'm just going to go in my little Instagrammy hair. So, 
Bozza, Boris Johnson, has gone on the telly and he said that we're going to be having new COVID restrictions and, you know, everyone's shitting themselves about a second lockdown or third lockdown or whatever number of lockdowns that, that, that the yeah. British people are on at this point. And this is all in the wake of it coming out that he had a Christmas party and then it wasn't just one Christmas party, there was actually several Christmas parties and everyone's lost the plot understandably um, because people were dying alone in hospitals without their family around them people were alone for christmas everyone else was living a life of torment while our government was having little christmas parties with nibbles and a secret santa and what's worse is that they've repeatedly gone on record saying that that wasn't the case and now video is coming out to oh disprove my God. that and then other people are saying okay like the department of education people i think were like you know what we admit we had a party so it's all kicking off and i'm just sharing this news because i'm here to incite revolution if they do try <laughs> if they do try to lock english people down again they did they how can anyone take it seriously at this point yeah i don't know how they can i'm just watching it unfold like you cannot be serious. Oh no! Here comes the little boy again. And oh, I hear him! Really I hear him! He's crying. He's sad now. He was he was really happy on the way oh. down, and now Granny's had to carry him up. He's sad. Why now. is he crying? He's just heard the news. He's heard the news. <laughs> he saw the video footage of Boris's party. Um, so I'm just fascinated by this because I'm watching it all unfold I'm on Twitter, there's lots of hashtags coming up, do not comply ever Um, you know, not never again all of this stuff yeah, I mean, contradictory Um, government is very dangerous it's not fair it infuriates people this is a life or death situation where you're saying they're forced to die alone in a hospital, be alone, be sick alone, and yet the higher-ups are just schmoozing and boozing. Mm-hmm. That's recipe for a disaster. Yeah, and I think people are really, this time, I think there is a big energy of, like, we're just not going to go along with this this time because I've seen, I mean, everyone's talking about it for a start. I don't know if you're familiar with Anton Deck. They're, t- they're TV personalities that were... Yeah, on I could be wrong. Sorry, any English people don't get angry at me. I think they started on a program called Biker Grove, and they went on from there. And they're a hosting duo. They've been working together since they were boys, and they were on like their show. They were doing they're doing I'm a Celebrity or something like that, and they actually spoke to camera about it and were like criticized Boris Johnson to camera like Anton Deck, the most milk toast kind of middle of the road vanilla. Yeah. boys ever so people are pissed they're being questioned on television now in a way that people weren't really talking about it before and i don't know i just think the general consensus is like yeah nice try pull the other one we're not no we're not doing that again it's it's what's sad about it is that i think unfortunately this is the stuff that makes people not just angry and hurt and um, feel robbed and cheated because they've done things and they've lost people and not seen their granny or not seen their mom or whatever it is while they're dying etc lost jobs all of that kind of thing 
I think it undermines all of the messaging and all of the trust in the government in general. Forget the like tit for tat, I'm angry, you did, I didn't. What it does is it fuels a general distrust. And I think the knock-on effect of that is that, well, if you're lying about this, what else are you lying about? And I think they really, governments like shoot themselves in the foot by doing this stuff because I think stuff like this is what ends up discouraging people from getting vaccinated and complying when things are important. So that's what is upsetting to me is like, is the knock on long-term effect of it. Like now when you are going to say to them, we really need you to do this, or this is really important, or this is a really bad strain. And now you do need to get vaccinated or whatever it is. They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you do need to do this. People are going to go, yeah, you said that last time and you were having a party. So it's just, that's what upsets me is that, again, the general public are the ones that in the long run are going to suffer because government will have all protections, all medical, all everything that they need, all the money, all the, all the, um, sorry, my jet lag hasn't gone, so my words aren't quite All the, re- all the resources, all the tools, yeah. All the resources, all the tools to survive anything, they all have. And again, it's the people, it's the general population are the ones that are suffering, going without and being basically traumatized by this this whole situation while they're off hobnobbing. Yeah, that's why I mean, Um, it's dangerous. It's dangerous in a lot of ways. It's just, it just makes me feel sad for everyone. More than angry, I just feel really devastated for everyone because it's such a fucking kick in the, excuse my language, cunt, after what they've all gone through. I mean, they had it so much worse here than we had it with the lockdowns and all that. Oh, yeah. And um, I was going back and forth during the whole of lockdown, really. And so I really did experience it in both countries. And it is, it's been oh, yeah, so much worse in England. Just because of the contradictory yeah. government, the back and forth all the time. And uh, they've just had to stay inside for so Awful. long. I know, I know. In the winters, it gets dark oh, here yeah. at 4 o'clock. And people are forced to stay inside. It's depressing. Yeah, definitely. I've been so interested in watching it all unfold. You know how I love to just like watch and analyze everything. And it seems like online from Instagram and Twitter, everyone is just livid. And they're just, it seems like there is a a growing kind of anti-government sentiment in a way that we weren't really seeing last year. I mean, people were annoyed, but this is like a definitely a different tone that I'm seeing. Um, And... I don't like that. It feels divided, feels shit. But I'd rather that we were we were going against them than each other. Um, yeah, that's true. At least there's unity among the people. So much, yeah, we're so much stronger and we're so much more likely to get what we want as a people if we are together. So yeah, it's really interesting. And I think the best way to sort of undermine this government is to vote them out. If you don't like what's been going on over the last years, and especially during COVID and everything else and Brexit, then, you know, rather than flouting rules and not wearing a mask or being a prick, just vote them out. (laughs) Do you think it's possible to get a government in ever that will actually do the right thing? No, what? They're always (laughs) going to do something wrong by somebody. Right. Like, but I feel like... Boris has just been a colossal fuck up, like from day one. And I just wish he would brush his fucking hair. I saw his news conference about the COVID and his hair was like worse than ever. What is going on? It's like going every way. (laughs) 
It's amazing. It's it goes everywhere. Does way. he know that his hair is a huge joke? I think he thinks it's charming. You know, it's like if you were going to dress up as Boris for Halloween, it would be really, really easy. I think it's part of his thing, and I think he's very clever, and I think he uses his um, his yes, isms. Very funny, yes. Hot. Yeah, I think he massively uses that as a softener for his, you know, horrible Policies. actions. <laughs> because yeah. he is a lovable idiot. He's a lovable idiot. And that's the problem, um, is that we all go, yeah, but it's Boris, you know, but it's like, no, fuck Boris. And his stupid haircut. Can't he just put a tie on straight for once in his life? I feel like Obama is the only president in the past... 20 years that has not been a lovable idiot <laughs> yeah yeah i think so too i mean listen not perfect also no. but he was very presidential very presidential yeah he really was um anyway anyway that that was my news i couldn't help but not talk about it because it's just no, everywhere it's and it's just happened as well so i'm yeah. just like i'm watching it unfold and i'm just fascinated by the whole thing yeah, it is. It's it's very important. Before we um go on, the reason I pulled up my Instagram is because I wanted to play this clip. Oh, okay. Which is about what we've just what I've just said. So here we go. I know I keep talking about it, but just hold on. The rest of hold on, no, no. Listen, listen. People couldn't attend their family's funeral. Grandparents passed away before they saw their grandchildren. The Queen had to go to our husband's wedding. The Queen, Her Royal Highness, Her Majesty, Sovereign Grace had to go to her husband's funeral by herself. She stood in that church alone, alone with a mask. Do you know what I'm saying? That was heartbreaking. And these men in Downing Street were doing cheese and wine nibbles. They were doing Camembert and Merlot. <laughs> it's not funny. It really isn't funny. But if you don't laugh, you, you, you do, Guy Fawkes. <laughs> she says, if it's not funny, you do, Guy Fawkes. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. I was just like, do you know what? I'll do a Guy Fawkes. If everyone else is, is, everyone else is on board, I'll do a Guy Fawkes with all of you. <laughs> it's true, though. It's yeah. like, if you don't laugh... You'll just go mad. It'll kill just, you. And I think that, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to play that because I thought you'd think it was it funny. It is funny. She is right. <laughs> um, all right, on to, your, on to your news. All right, well, I'm going to do two small news articles to add up to your one important one, okay? One is about this Dunkin' Donuts employee in Ohio, in America, Mm -hmm. who recently received a huge surprise from one of her loyal customers. Her name is Ebony Johnson. She works at Dunkin' Donuts, and she met the customer, Suzanne Burke, when Suzanne would come in uh, starting three years ago. She's come in pretty much every day for her coffee, and the two have become really friendly, and they talk every day. And um, Suzanne, the customer, found out that Ebony has three children and is going through a difficult time and was evicted from her home. And so she mm -hmm. banded together with um, 
other members of the community and they raised the money to put Ebony and her children back in their home in time for the holidays. And um, I'm not sure how, you know, how much money was raised that they gave to Ebony and her family, but they're back in their home for Christmas and they're just, Ebony had so much to say about how grateful she was for Suzanne and for the whole community. And she just couldn't, Believe that oh. somebody would be so thoughtful and take that action. So that made me really happy to hear. Love that. I yeah, love that. that's beautiful. Really beautiful. And where was that? That's what in Ohio. That? Oh, yeah. Rest, right? Good hearts. Good people. Yep. Good people. And the other little news snippet is, uh, speaking of lovable idiot leaders, Napoleon Bonaparte... <laughs> His sword just sold at auction mm-hmm. for $2.8 million. It was wow. his sword and uh, a few of his firearms. Yeah, it was put up for sale in Illinois, and it sold on my birthday over the phone to an anonymous buyer for $2.8 million. So somebody just acquired Napoleon's weapons. A very rare piece of history, they say. Wow. Wow. Imagine having that money that you that, just like. That is. Yeah, you know what? I think I want Napoleon's uh, sword. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, well, yesterday uh, um, at Downton, they had Napoleon's a desk. Napoleon's desk. Oh, was, my God. Wow. Had it. I guess they bought it at some point. Amazing. Okay. Listener feedback. Okay. And then we're talking about Downton so Abbey, say- which I am so excited to hear about Annabelle's trip to Highclere Castle. All right, listener feedback. Thank you, ladies, for another great episode. I hope you're feeling better now, Lucy. Annabelle, enjoy your magical time back in England. I had a mild freak out when you said Judy Garland's version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas was your favorite Christmas song. It's been mine for so long, and it so often gets overlooked by others, even though is the original version that she actually helped write. Absolute joy for me. I didn't know that. I didn't know that she had written parts of that song. Me neither. And I heard it for the first time the other night without remembering that we had that you had said that. It came up on my Christmas <gasps> really? playlist and I listened to it for the first... I've never heard it. Crazy. And I loved it. What? So I'm I'm happy you it's mentioned that again. It? It's gorgeous. And I love the way she sings it and so I love beautiful. just like the way she says her words and she's just she's so special. She is. She's so special. I love that song. I've always loved it. It's from one of my favorite movies, Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. Um which was the first time I kind of experienced Judy Garland. Uh-huh. I know that everyone else really experienced her in um What's that spooky, creepy film with the flying things and the witches? Yeah, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. As a child, that film was so stressful to me, I couldn't stand it. And I know everyone loves it, and I know everyone loves Dorothy and all of that, but (laughs) I found it to be horrifying. Well, it's like a drug trip. Um, The thought that that could... Yeah, I thought I felt like the 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 fact that that could happen to a little girl frightened me so much. I was just like, absolutely not, no. (laughs) Um... So my first real experience of her was in Meet Me in St. Louis. Right. Which, have you seen Oh, that? yeah. Yes. 
one of my favorite films. It is so beautiful. Love it. Love the music. Love all of it. All like everyone looks amazing. Everyone's I know. Amazing. God, the outfits. Um. Oh God, that when she sings that song and she's wearing the headscarf that's like bejeweled with like pearl Ugh. and something else, and just the way she's soft lit and the red dress and everything, it's just like imagine looking like I that. know I know imagine, <laughs> imagine imagine the closet of just the tennis outfits oh all of it God. I'm just like it's gorgeous mm. gorgeous um so that's where I discovered that song I was always obsessed with it it's still my favorite and then when I was like maybe 11 or 12 I was due to sing it at the Christmas concert at the church really um and my music teacher yeah my music teacher Melanie hated me What's up, um, Melanie? And at the last minute, she pulled, she pulled my performance. No. Yeah, she'd promised me all year I could do it, and at the last minute, she pulled it because they needed more room, and mine was the only one that wasn't like religious, even though we weren't a religious school. She hated me so much, that woman. Well, where is she now? Let's find her. Let's get her on here. I don't know. I got really... Actually, I'll tell you a quick tale of that. I got really angry with her after a while because she kept punishing me and I threw rocks at her car <laughs> and I got sent to the headmaster's office and he said to be honest Annabelle I don't blame you <laughs> <laughs> he said it wasn't the right thing to do it's a bad choice but I don't blame you and I understand why you did that's amazing <laughs> So that was my little bit of listener feedback. Okay, well, how about yeah, you? Um, I had a lot of listener feedback this week just from people telling me. I had a handful of people, friends, people I don't know very well, some family members, just telling me that they've been listening and I, I you forget it you know you and I have experienced this where we'll be we'll be talking <laughs> we with people in our lives and we say something about our past and they go yeah I know and you go what oh yeah. my god so because uh -huh. you and I have shared a lot of stuff that we don't realize and <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've shared and then I forget so <laughs> so just generally generally from from listeners who I know personally, just a lot of gratitude and telling us how much episodes are connecting the dots for them. And uh, as always, means a lot to hear. It's very important and uh, useful for us to hear because it helps us learn about where to focus our conversations and what direction 100%. to go in. So 100%. It, I collect it like a survey, <laughs> you know. I know we have a lot of listener feedback about the questions we asked around about Christmas and stuff, so we'll yeah, talk about time. that in a bit. Should we see if I can play one of these voicemails? I haven't really figured out Of course, out the yes. So we started it. We created our hotline, and we've been getting messages. And um, again, the number for all of you, if you want to call us and leave us a VM, is 805-836-2950. That's an American number, and we want to hear from you. Please keep leaving us voicemails. Do we have a few in the in the kitty so far? Hey, Mark Bernstein, I uh, saw your uh, posting, and it was a hotline, so maybe I'm the first to a call. 
And Karma says thanks for the tote with the pink lips, and we're looking forward to our hoodie. So take care, you two. Bye bye. <laughs> Isn't it thrilling? Oh, it's thrilling. It I is love it. thrilling. Mark Bernstein. Um, that was, thank you, Mark Bernstein. Mark Bernstein. Shout out to Mark Bernstein. Massive friend of the pod. Big supporter. We yep. love you, Mark Bernstein. Here you go. Got one more. Hey, Lucy and Annabelle, this is Carolyn Shield calling. I just wanted to say that I enjoy your podcast, and I'm glad you got to be together in person for the latest one. That's so wonderful. And Annabelle, I hope you really enjoy your trip to England. I know that's coming up soon, and um, I'll message you about the payments for those shorts. <laughs> so keep up the great work, you two, and keep loving each other and loving others. That's so wonderful. Take care. Bye. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How sweet is that? Um, what was her name? Oh my, Carolyn Shield. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, emotional. Yeah, I get so emotional about things. Oh. <laughs> Keep loving each other and Love loving others. Yeah. Good message for everyone. Good yeah. message for everyone. Um. So that is the kind of most of the ye old feedback great but like lucy said we did a little question and answer and we asked you oh god there's a lot of these um what your favorite christmas songs were yeah. <laughs> some of you said white christmas with davy and annabelle very sweet very, very sweet. sweet thank you i loved doing that it was very mosh obviously um yeah one of my favorites here, Fairy Tale of New York. Oh my Probably god, yes. Second favorite to have yourself a Merry Now, Christmas. Americans don't know that song. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I want to play a little bit of it for everyone. That's some of Fairy Tale of New York. What was the other one you just said? Christmas Wrapping by okay, the Waitresses. I've never heard that one. I'll send it to you. Actually, let's make. I'll make a playlist with all of your suggestions that Great. you've sent in, plus some of Lucy and my favorite yes. suggestions and our favorite songs. Have you ever heard of the last one? Oh no, I haven't. Bottom. Is that real? <laughs> I don't know. What I is want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> we'll have to do some research on this. <laughs> That's from Kim. Um, there's also Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer on here. Okay, you guys are completely nuts. Love it. <laughs> you people are drinking a lot of eggnog. <laughs> oh, Melikaliki Maka. Yes, that's a good one. Oh, the monkeys did a version of that? Yeah, they did. It's really good, actually. I have really to good. hear that. I only know the Bing Crosby version. Uh, mm. Yeah, there's a lot of great... On- oh, the Home Alone soundtrack, if that counts. Oh. How cute is that? The Home Alone soundtrack. Great idea. It does count. I think it counts. I think you can, I yes. think you can have a soundtrack. Yeah, for sure. Well, this is a great list, everybody. So, yeah, Annabelle... Annabelle volunteered to compile a list. You heard her. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Um, and then also we asked you if you'd be interested 
in a book club and a group chat and overwhelmingly said yes. So Lucy and I are on the case. I think it's hilarious Um, that like 20 people or 20% of people responded and said no. (laughs) They're like, yeah, no, we've had enough of you every week. Thanks a lot. Thanks. No, thanks. Thanks for nothing. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) And subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So book list. Um, Okay. So that seems like that's the news. Uh, book club just to like give a little taste of what that'll be can we just quickly say like what we've read lately or our favorite book do you have an answer for that the book club's gonna be a real challenge for me because i read unfathomably slowly so i might let you take control of the well book club. annabelle i will of course participate i have to say i have a real problem with book clubs too and i and they really piss me off because i hate them <laughs> so because i don't like having to keep up with everyone and then the whole thing but here's what book club means to me like book club to me just means talking about the okay. best books we've ever read sharing the books we are reading talking about them as much as we want and passing along ideas to people for stuff to read, not necessarily like one book at a time and then a questionnaire afterwards. Okay. So we're talking about me, It's more of like a a book support group, (laughs) a reading support group, a support group for readers. How many more types of support groups can we have for this podcast but do you know what i mean like i just love the discussion of books and that's what i'd like to do with listeners as opposed to us all having to stay on one together i i, I hate that i can't do that okay or does that sound better to you you got it no i love the sound of that and i think that there's something that we can okay. do that's in between those sure. two things but i want to know what the best book you've ever read is what's your favorite book well, my favorite book is Wuthering Heights. That's my favorite, yeah. favorite, favorite book. Anything mm-hmm. by the Bronte sisters. And then modern stuff, I would say. I would say that, you know, really pretty obvious, but Sally Rooney is one of my favorite modern authors. I loved mm. Normal People so much. I'm really, really enjoying Beautiful World, Where Are You, uh, her newest book. It's fantastic i haven't read um, any of her books kind that's of... great oh god all right well um i'll send you because alex is finishing it now when he's finished i'll send send you normal people um and then when we're finished with the other one i'll send oh it god, to you thanks. as well i believe massively in sharing books as in Me too. like i i rarely hold on to books there's only a few special ones that i really i will hold on to but maybe this is something we can incorporate into the uh, book support group. Yeah. We need to find something better to call it. Is that we can sh- send each other books. I think that would be really sweet, like, in the post. Yeah, you know? I do too. I'd be really interested. And it would be so fun to get a book that you know nothing about from somebody else. So I'll send you those. Uh, but those are my favorites, I would say. How about you? Uh, my favorites, well, the book I just finished called Circe and that's one of the best books i've ever read a book that's always stayed with me is called loving frank and i'm gonna find out who it's by Mm -hmm. right now loving frank is by nancy haran h-o-r-a-n and it's about it's the true story Mm -hmm. of frank lloyd wright's lover 
and it was a huge a huge Ooh, news wow. scandal at the time. It was it was at the time kind of one of the first very publicized relationships of scandal where paparazzi were involved and it was in the 30s, I believe, and it's just a fantastic novel called Loving Frank about the the architect Frank Lloyd Wright. Another yeah Another that. book that blew my world apart. I, I read it like 20 years ago and I've never forgotten it. It's called She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb. And this is a man writing mm-hmm. as a, a female character, which I always find fascinating. Um, Memoirs wow. of a Geisha was also written by a man. And there's just these certain books. I know it's incredible yeah. when that happens and vice versa. You know, when a woman writes as a, as a male character. I find that so interesting. And She's Come Undone was a book that really stuck with me um, about a woman struggling. That's interesting that you say that. That's so interesting that you say that. I've never really thought about that before. And actually, that's what the Bronte's yeah, they do. do massively, is so many of their protagonists are these, obviously they're women, the protagonists, but then there are these male characters that are huge, like, yes. for instance, Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights, really, it's his story, and um, she writes it so well. I've never really thought about it. I don't know. I don't think like that, really. I don't really think about that, but I I think it makes a lot of sense what you're saying, that it is interesting to have the perspective, because I think generally, for the most part, men writing women's Mm -hmm. stories does not translate well. And I think when it does, it's like fucking amazing because I think there is a magic in somebody. I think there is that magic. You and I have discussed this before inhabiting both your female and male energy. And for somebody to be able to do that and then share it, I think it's... And then a a woman read it and connect with it so deeply and go, yes, that's exactly how I feel as a woman. For a man to get that is really special. And that's why, you know, Memoirs of a Geisha was an extraordinary book. And She's Come Undone is as well. And um, yeah, we do inhabit both, as we always say. We, We are all both male and female. And so, yeah, those are a couple... Extraordinary books. Of course, the Bronte sisters create these iconic male characters. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's yeah. just wild. It's, um... I, mean, I know. It's really cost. interesting. So, without further ado, I must hear about Downton. Okay. First, I'm just going to tell you about a fascinating thing. Oh my god, she's going to make me wait longer, you guys. I can't stand it. No, I've watched it. I've watched... uh, I'm going blind (laughs) by the sun. I've watched... um, Oh, my god. I've watched a funeral today in the village. You know how we always talk about people, different cultures, expressions of death? Is this interesting to you? Very. Okay, so... I knew something was going on this morning because the bells ring at not every hour, but we've heard all different types of bells while we've been here because they're ringing. They ring at midnight, and you were um, hearing the bell practice too, right? Yeah, and the house is right by the church, literally the graveyard. Look, you can see it out the window. So uh-huh. this morning we heard like very ominous bells, and I was like, "What's that?" And I thought maybe it was just in my head, and I was being weird. 
But then I realized that there was a funeral going on because I saw, you know, think preparations. You might be able to hear the brass band right now. Yeah, I can hear it. Okay, it's so still- it's a, mi- yeah. a military funeral. Um, and it started with the bells ringing all morning in like doing funeral bells to alert the surrounding areas that there was a funeral. And then a man walks in front of the hearse around the village like several times with a top hat on and his gloves and everything. And he walks the in front of the coffin up to the church and then the family joins and they walk around the church and and around the whole village and do a lap of like through the roads through the village going past everyone how ha- everyone's houses taking the coffin around everyone's houses um wow. and then they all walked up to the church obviously and had the ceremony and everything and there's a big brass band there playing right now um i'm just watching everyone leave but it was just so fascinating to watch the whole procession and the way that they are sharing with not just the village, but like the surrounding villages by ringing the bells. Um, And the roads here are tiny. So we watched the coffin very slowly go past the windows of the cottage and it was very beautiful and felt very like a privilege to, to see this person be, you know, do their last lap of the village um i don't know it just really like struck me as it felt very positive you know it felt very like healthy and i wonder who it was i think it must have been a military person and it was a lot of older people so i'm gonna assume it was a man because military people were really exclusively men um that long ago so Mm -hmm. um yeah but really amazing to watch how they do it here definitely um, but anyway, just wanted to share that because I'm watching them all leave now. Oh. Off they go. Probably down to the pub to get absolutely shit-faced. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different cultures, yeah. different parts of the world. Yeah. Um, celebrate death and and have different traditions, don't they? It's really interesting to peek in on yeah. on somebody else's way of doing things. It felt a bit voyeuristic at first, and then I was like, no, there's a reason that they are bringing him around the houses. Exactly, yeah, that's the point, is they want you to look out your window and and be a part of it. Yeah, felt, felt, felt very lucky to be a part of it in a strange way, even though I don't even know the person. Ah, well, bless his soul, yeah. whoever it is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you are a total voyeur, by the way. I really am. I'm fa- like I watched <laughs> the whole thing from the moment I heard those bells this morning. I was fascinated. Um, okay, so let's get on to what you really want to hear about, which is Downton Abbey. I really want to hear about your trip to Highclere Castle. Can you please tell us everything? <laughs> we saw the picture of you oh, on god. the bench. Oh my god. And as you said on Instagram, you couldn't take any pictures inside, but tell us everything, okay, so please, not, from start to finish. You're not allowed to take pictures inside, which I found really, really interesting, especially given the time that we're living in. They do use that house. They have another house that they live in, but they use that house for gatherings gas christmas easter you know anything like that birthdays they they still use it so uh-huh. but they live in another house and 
On the property? Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, there's there's loads of houses on the property. Um, So I assume so. And they have a room. Obviously, this was all the questions I was asking. I wasn't asking anything about Downton Abbey to the people who work there. I'm like, right, where does Lady Canavan hang her knickers to dry? I'm very interested. <laughs> Um, so they have a bedroom. She's like, it's actually that bedroom over there in the corner. It's closed right now, but that's their room when they're here. And I was like, okay, right. Um, but so at first I was like, okay, it's their house. I understand why they don't want pictures taken inside. And then when I realized it's not like their full-time house, that kind of made it more bewildering to me because... I think it's just two things. It's like, one, you think like, oh, we want people to come here and see it in person. And if they see pictures, they won't come. But for me... Oh, they won't buy buy a ticket. Yeah, but for me, it, it was the, it's the opposite. Like, I have a whole travel thing on my Instagram where it's things that I've seen online where I'm like, I have to see that. And actually... Yeah, you want to go and see be it in there. Person. Yeah, so I don't know. Exactly. I think that's really interesting. And I think kind of like they've missed the trick slightly with it. Um there are so many big sort of stately homes and houses that I want to visit while I'm here because I've seen the interiors on Instagram. Um, so I found right. that really interesting. And I think that there's so much in that. I mean, when I was in there, I was like, I'm devastated that I can't take pictures right now because it was just, there was uh, Bibles from like, I don't know, fucking 1600, 1700 that are like, as big as me in the bookshelf. There's just Napoleon's desk. God. There's uh, ancient Egyptian things that the uh, Viscount had taken from Tutankhamun's uh, grave when oh. he did the dig there. Like, oh. all of this mad shit. So I was obviously like, I want to take pictures of everything, but whatever. Um so you can't take photos inside. So I took as many photos outside of all the beautiful little details that I could. So you get there. It's all very chilled, very friendly. Everyone's very happy. You go in through the front door. Um, that was very thrilling yes. to stand on the pebbles. <laughs> um, and the entryway is just beautiful. Like You know how in churches they have that kind of, I don't want to say limestone, that's not probably correct, but that white looking stone. So it, yes. it's almost like the front doorway looks like you're inside of a church. but I'm it's pretty nearly... sure it is limestone. I'm pretty sure you're okay. right. So you go in and it's like these beautiful like marble pillars all around you and like paintings on an entryway that's probably as big as this whole cottage. Um, and then you get ushered in and the first thing you go through is the library. Um, mm-hmm. And... It's like exactly Lord like, Grantham's yeah, library. Exactly. And it's exactly like Downton Abbey. And what I realized while I was there was that the story and the program is massively, feels massively inspired by the family in many ways. Do you know what I mean? I know all of these old aristocrats have their own traditions and they've all got similar traditions and similar lifestyles and similar ways of doing things. But yeah. It's their house that is the same rugs, the same everything. The Downton Abbey people just come in and film literally like as if they were to walk in and film in your living room right now without right. you touching anything. So right. they, t- yeah, they it's, said it's... that they changed the light bulbs 
and some of the lampshades to be appropriate for the time. That's uh-huh. it. Yeah. Wow. Um, Amazing. I checked because I like obviously I'm so. I love watching details and things and being like, that wasn't there last time, or look at that, or that. Why is that electricity uh-huh. plug there? Um, and it's like everything was the same. I was so shocked that they had the same rugs down for our tour that the family use that the, was in the filming because it's like 800 people a wow. day were going through that place taking tours of Downton Abbey. You know? How incredible as, I mean, I just think of the actors and I'm, it's just a dream come true. I mean, to book a job like that and have that experience is out of this world. I can't, it's just incredible, but (laughs) just to think like how much respect they had to have in those rooms and how careful they had to be because you're dealing with these pieces of history, these historic antiques. And, um, you know, my favorite thing is that couch in Lord Grantham's library, yeah. that that couch by it's the exactly fire. exactly where it is in the program. That's how they uh, have their living it, room. It, oh, God, I love that couch. So w- were you taken... Could you see the dining room yeah, so or the um, other sitting room? I thought that we had booked a tour because you barely can get tickets. They're at a third of the capacity right now because of COVID. They're not having right. as many people through. So there was barely any tickets. There isn't any until spring now. Um, and... I thought we were just only wow. going to see the ground floor, but we actually got to see the whole house, which I wasn't expecting. And when we walked oh, wow. in, in the main hall, which we you go in at the very end of the tour, um, you know, where the balcony is and all of that, there was a group mm-hmm. of carol singers there by the Christmas tree, like singing while people were walking around. Oh. I know. Um, so you go in, you're in the library, you go through that, and then you go into a room, a smoking room that isn't in the program, um, which is smaller and uh-huh. just like a bit more masculine, portraits everywhere, quite casual couch, armchairs. Um, and they've got artifacts in all the different rooms. They also have all of their family photos, as you or I would have, everywhere. It's a family home. You're in oh, wow. somebody's home, very much so. Do they have children? Yeah. Do they have younger children? Yeah. I mean, they're older now, but yeah. Um, and yeah. then the next room you go to in is a morning room, which again, isn't in the program. Um, and then the next room we went into... They really don't use very many rooms in the program. Yeah. So the next room I think that we went into is that blue room where they're in before they go in for dinner, where they always have their cocktails and everything. I love that room. It is. I love that room. so beautiful. It's so, oh my so God. beautiful. Um, it's exactly like it is, except for it's got the, the yeah. actual family's portraits and things around. Um, it's like you've gone through the screen and you are in, in it. Show. Yeah, My favorite room. So we did that. We did all that. And then um, my favorite room was the music room, which was one of the smaller rooms really high ceilings and like almost like Michelangelo type paintings on with fairies and cherubs and angels and clouds and they were going up the walls everything was paneled yellow gold gray I felt like I was in like Marie Antoinette's playhouse and that was the music room and I was just like of course this is the music room that's where Napoleon's desk was it was just Oh, it was divine. 
Um, and then they took us upstairs and wow. we went up the back staircase, um, which was the Georgian staircase. So we went up there. Okay. And then we went through all the bedrooms. We went through like all of their rooms. We went through Lady Grantham's Did you room. see where Lord Pamuk died? We fucking did. <laughs> we saw where Mr. Pamuk died. <laughs> Mr. Pamuk. No, the scandal. Oh, I can see him now reeking of pomade. You know, when she says that oh. and then he canters <laughs> up on his horse and he's just like fucking dead fit. Um, for any of you that have watched the show, you've got to watch it. It's so good. Um, basically, you guys go Mary, watch Down Abbey. You'll know everything we're talking about. Mary diddles Mr. Pamuk, and mm-hmm. in like the first episode, in really early on, and in the throes of love, <laughs> Mr. Pamuk croaks, and then the drama ensues from there. Yep. So we saw Mr. Pamuk's yep, yep. final resting place. Um, Amazing. That was one of actually the most well-preserved rooms, I felt. Um, And everything is smaller than it looks on screen. Really? I was going to... That's what I wanted to know. What is the scale as compared to how it looks on the screen? On the outside, the house looks the same. But on the inside, everything looks like the mini version of what you've seen on the screen. Because you know how it feels like there's loads of room above them. And loads of space between all of them. And then when you're in the rooms, you think, how did they make it look so big in here? They're just side by side. It's it's and rather small. Still interesting. But it's not like how they make it look. Like they make it look like crazy big compared to how it is. So we did all the bedrooms, thrilling, and then we got to go out on the gallery and look down on the main room and like you can look across and see where like Oh, it was so good. And then, thrill of a lifetime, Lady Canaveron, the real lady of the house, was there doing live TV for ITV. She was speaking to Holly Willoughby, and she did a little ITV segment, and we got to watch her do TV, which was very fun and thrilling, and she had a dog with her. Wow. And and then the carol singers came in again, and we went downstairs. We got to walk down the big stairwell, like the actual proper one. Um, wow. And then stand in the grid. Did you see any of the servants' quarters? Yeah. So that was another one of my most exciting moments was when I found out that we were allowed to go down to the servants' hall. Did you go to the kitchen? So, no, I didn't go to the kitchen because it wasn't there, I don't think. I think that that was like an outside uh-huh. set that they built. I'm going to go back in Interesting. The summer. Oh, I never thought about that. Well, everything else was mostly in the house, but then like... When when I went down the servant stairs, there was uh, no entry double doors in front of me, which is where their sitting room is. So maybe that was there. Right, yeah. But I think it's probably quite small, and I don't know how that would work with the COVID stuff. Um, so actually, when you go down the servant's hall and you're down there, you find yourself in the Egyptian exhibition that they have there, because they've got all of like this Tutankhamun stuff. Oh, okay. The old Viscount went and opened his tomb um and all of that's fascinating i never thought about it but they would have they they could have easily built an external set of the servants hall and the kitchen i think they might have done i mean there was some when we were leaving we were definitely in some of the in some of the areas where they shot the servants stuff but i would have like for me a great thrill would have been to see in like um in the butler's 
you know, room. If they had that set up like right. his room, I just would have been like beside myself with joy. But the thing is, is that it's not a working house in that way anymore. So that's not a real thing that exists in their home. That was a set. Right. So those things were all sets. Everything for the servants wasn't a real part of their life. Everything that is a real part of their life is preserved exactly as you'd see it on the show because it was used exactly how they live. Yeah. Um, and Amazing. Yeah, it was so amazing. And what I thought was really great and made me feel happy for the family is that while Downton Abbey is a part of their story, it is not their story. There are so many elements yeah. to the family's story. Um, and I thought it was really tastefully done the way that they did the Downton Abbey stuff. It wasn't like, here's Mary's costume in a glass case and her signature from Hugh Bonneville. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like there were a couple of pictures <laughs> on, you know, like printed out on things to be like, this is this room. And a few quotes from Downton Abbey. And the uh, the guides were all really, really knowledgeable. But it wasn't like, welcome to the set of Downton Abbey. Huzzah. Like, it was very much right. a part of the story. So we did all that. Yeah. And we got a tea and a piece of cake. And we also got this free <gasps> book. Um, Christmas at High. That was free? Yeah. It's a big book. Lady Canaveran. There she is. She's so pretty. Um, She's beautiful. She really is so beautiful. Um, Lady Canaveran writes books, and this one is called Christmas at Highclere, Recipes and Traditions from the Real Downton Abbey by the Countess of Canaveran. Cana- Canaveran. Canaveran. Wow. Alec keeps calling her... Canaveran. Um, Alec keeps calling her the count- Lady Countess of Cannibal or Lady <laughs> Carnivore or something. I'm like... <laughs> No, that's not. That's not. <laughs> Lady it. Carnivore. Uh, it is a bit of a. So you said you have, had tea. Did you have tea and cake? Yeah, we had some tea and cake, and we got them in little to-go cups, and we actually walked around all of the grounds, and it was so beautiful. Like as for me, wow, it was as exciting as being on the inside. Was going and looking at where the stables were. Um, walking through the different they had like a monk's garden they had um, a bunch of um beautiful greenhouses i'm actually going to put a post on my personal instagram of all of the of all of the photos that i took um big like statues and busts and they had a secret garden um and they had Mm. different orchards and you know it was just like it was just so beautiful they had little you know, like the temple kind of, I don't know, what is it called? Is it called a folly? I don't know. When when you look out the window of the main house and there's that thing. Yeah. That's there for reals. And you can see it from like the main rooms of the house, from the library and everything. Uh-huh. So that was so fun to go up there because they did do a lot of filming up there and like walk towards the house the way that they did in the show. Yes. So, Fantastic. honestly, it was such a good day. It was so worth the money. I'm going to go back because I want to see the gardens in the summer. I think that they would just be amazing. Um, so I'm going to go back when the weather is warmer. So even if you can't buy a ticket for the inside, are you welcome to go in the property and buy a ticket outside or no? I think in the summer you can. You can. So I think that there are garden tickets for the summer 
not the winter, obviously, because it's like muddy Garden and tickets, wet and right. whatever. Um, and then yeah. in the winter, it's like house and you can do the bits of the garden. Um, so there's all these different types of tickets that you can buy to do different things. So our slot, with no. our tour, our time to be in the house was from 9 in the morning till 12 p.m. Um, oh, I see. So And then we so could, spend, three hour we could spend as long as we wanted in the grounds. Um, well, that's great. You can do the house in three hours and then stay until early evening. I mean, you can do the house in an hour. We wanted to go around again, right, but right. we got so wrapped up in the gardens that we missed the slot <laughs> anyway. But um, So yeah. we'll go back for sure because uh, I want to see all the flowers. I want to see the secret garden in bloom. I want to see the roses and all of that. So, Oh, my God. It was that's so, so exciting, good. Annabelle. And I was so happy I'm when so I... I'm so glad you did that for yourself. I'm so glad I was allowed... I passed all my tests and was allowed out to do it. I was so nervous that morning. Like, imagine if the tests come back in the okay. Um But it was all fine. <laughs> I know I would have actually lost it. Um, but it was yeah. all fine. And, yeah, this book is so great. It's really good quality. It's got all kinds of recipes... It's got gifts and shopping. Like, it's kind of like a Martha Stewart vibe of, like, showing you, like, how yeah, to do it. Yeah, it's like a lifestyle yeah, book. Yeah, it is. And it's it's actually really sweet the way that she writes it. It's almost like a journal. It's really, really sweet. Oh. Yeah, I love... Oh, she signed it as well. Wow. Just really... <gasps> Ooh, I was going to say, does it have an autograph in it? It sure does. Um... You know, it's just really, it's like how to wrap. It's just all of it. It's so cute. Really. Wow. I wonder if it's, is that available? I, I want to buy it for a few people for Christmas. I hope it's available yeah, you, online. You can, I'm sure you can buy it. They had it at the gift shop. Um, and that's included with your ticket price? Mm -hmm, yeah. How loving of them. That's really amazing. I know. It's so sweet. That or they printed too many and they want to get rid of them. <laughs> right, they just have a surplus and they got to get rid of them. <laughs> um, but I'll take the less cynical view and, and uh, that, that they uh, they just really care about us and that they want to give us a nice present. Yeah, they do. Um, I'm going to shut my curtain again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my update. Oh, sorry, guys, about the lighting. Okay, about well. The lighting. Um, I know, both our lightings are messed up today. Well, that is a great update. I'm so excited to live vicariously through you for now. I can't wait to be able to go one day myself. And, wow, yeah, Downton. You should. New movie coming out. Not sure how I feel about it. I'm feeling a little English about the new movie because I don't want anything to change. And I'm very freaked out that they're like going other places and that people are dead now and the story's gonna change and some characters are leaving i don't know what to expect I and know. i'm not really comfortable with this i know i don't like it either i'm so scared because what i saw in the previews i was like nope no no <laughs> yeah. don't think i can handle that that's not downton yeah no nope. i know it's gonna be scary <laughs> but i think we I, we'll, we'll get through it we'll adjust even when Mary got a new haircut, I could barely handle it. <laughs> How am I going to handle that they, like, go to... I, I don't even don't know. Don't tell us. Don't tell us. Um, okay, so that's it for me. My family all still has COVID. We've had to cancel my mom's 70th birthday party, which is tragic. Uh, oh, no. I know. They're just not recovering quick enough. They got really sick with it, so... 
I'm just glad oh, they were Jesus. all vaccinated because they're they've been so ill. I'm so glad my mum's vaccinated. Um, yeah, thank God. At her age, yeah, definitely because they've just been so poorly. My mom got COVID before the vaccination. Yeah, she got COVID God. really early on, and I was terrified yeah. because nobody really knew what how it ended yet. And oh my God, I was terrified. Yeah, but she's okay. Your mom's okay. I hope she's recovering and vaccinated up to their eyeballs, which is I'm glad. Yeah, <laughs> boosted. <laughs> vaccinated and boosted when you're when you're reaching those ages you gotta get yourself boosted um yeah so that's the update on me babe that's kind of my my story love it tell us about yourself (laughs) (laughs) no you've got something quite you know good to talk about today that's that's yes i do have some things to speak about but we're gonna save that for next episode because I have some things going on that I'm I can't share yet and so it's so hard for me to talk without sharing them that I'm just going to save them. Okay. But next week you will find out why I've been rather non-sharing the last two episodes. And why the last two episodes have just been my daily schedule from my isolation and cottage and First day out of isolation in England. <laughs> Very sorry to all the listeners <laughs> who don't care about any of those things. I do want to end on these fabulous questions. Okay, we'll do. We'll continue from the Hambledonian magazine, Freddie's Christmas Family Quiz. Okay, I asked you a question yes. last time. Um, maybe I'll ask you a couple. So this is number ten. Yes, let's the ask the listeners. And me. Okay. Okay, here we go. What is traditionally hidden inside a Christmas pudding? Ooh, don't tell me, don't tell me. Because I don't have this in America. I know, it's a bit of a tr- tricky one for you. Is that the same as a figgy pudding? I think so, yeah. I think it's the same. It's like the fruit pudding <laughs> that's round, and then we, we put brandy on it, and we All I know it is it's light. disgusting. Oh, you don't like it? Okay. Yeah, it's definitely an acquired taste. Uh, but let me see. Listen, I if I had to guess what's hidden inside the Christmas pudding, I would say uh, a ring okay, or a penny. <gasps> Nailed it. <laughs> it's a penny. A penny? Yeah. That seems very unsanitary. Oh, for God's sake. Don't be so American about it. So, like, somebody's eating and someone gets the penny in their mouth? Is that the thing? Well, you, you probably see the penny first because you take small bites and you see, you know that there's a penny in there, so you don't go chowing it down. Basically, if you make it at home, there's a penny. There's not going to be a penny in a store-bought one, so don't worry about it. Give me another one. Okay. This is good. I want to know the answer to this. Which city has been donating Trafalgar Square's Christmas tree to London every year since 1947? Oh, I'd have no idea. I'm sure some of our English listeners know the answer to this. I bet they do. Do you want to know? What city? Yeah, tell me. Oslo in Norway. No way. I thought it would be somewhere in England. Mm -hmm. Oh. Love it. Oslo, Norway donates the tree to Trafalgar Square. Well, I have seen the tree in Trafalgar Square, and it's always extraordinary. So that's very nice of you, Oslo. Okay, we'll do one more. And end with three Christmas okay, questions. Okay. What is the best-selling Christmas single of all time? Whoa. I would say Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. 
Bing Crosby, White Christmas. Oh, Bing Crosby, White Christmas. That actually gives me faith in the world that it's not Mariah Carey and that it's still Bing Crosby. I know. (laughs) I'm really happy to hear that. (laughs) So on that note, Lucy, let's end this episode. Our second, wait, is this our second? Yep, our second December episode. First was my birthday, and now this, and we are all just in the holiday spirit. Yeah, and I'm sure everybody is just enjoying, enjoy the holiday. You know what, people enjoy the damn holiday. Okay, I know that's I know it's a stressful time. There's a lot of bullshit going on, but all the more reason for us to just dive into whatever makes you happy during the holidays and enjoy very, the hell out of it. Very bossy from Lucy Walsh. Yeah, look, I'll show you this Christmas decoration I made. You made that? Yeah, because I was in isolation, so I ordered some crafts off Amazon. And I made this hot air balloon Christmas decoration with clouds. And it goes up and up and hang it from the ceiling. It's gorgeous, Annabelle. Thank you. I think it's very sweet. We should have an audience contest, and then you can... Or a listener contest, yeah. and then you can send it to the winner. Oh, okay, that sounds nice. Like a crafting, a crafting competition. I'm going to write this in my notes. Crafting competition yeah. what can I give away that I, that's something of well mine. apparently nothing for the last two I'll weeks I guess we'll that. find out next week for fuck's sake <laughs> I know I have some surprises to share with everybody next episode get ready get ready I've been very mum I'm not at liberty to share things but it's coming you have not been rambling about all your things it's highly interesting to me. I, I'm living through you, you in your yeah. little English cottage, and I'm sure others are too. And we love getting your updates. And and I love you. Get out in that sunshine and go for a walk and enjoy the funeral procession. I love you too, babe. <laughs> your heart be light next year